Brazil. Good morning. Welcome to our monthly family chapel. I'm looking to see, I think everyone that I see here has been here for this chapel before. So I'm glad you're here. Sorry, just got to catch my breath. Um, this is part of the uh, Harry Dickerson Holiness Series on Popal Evangelism. Um, Norm, I, I, I want to call him doctor and reverend and evangelist, and he just says Norm. Knows more about Mr. Dickerson than I, um, but, but from a conversation we had last night, my understanding is that Harry Dickerson was passionate about evangelism and wanted to make sure that um, the emphasis on holiness would happen here on a, on a regular basis, and so we are renewing that commitment. Um, and uh, Reverend Dr. Evangelist Norm, Norman Moore, um, was uh, selected by the president to uh, be the first person to, uh, to be a part of this series. So would you welcome him? <clears throat> And, uh, and he knows that, um, I, I've been trying to think of how to introduce you to him. Um, these are the folks who serve more than a thousand students um, globally uh, as a part of Nazarene Bible College. So we're glad you're here and, and, uh, and I'm glad you showed up too. Okay, so we're going to sing some songs that will help us prepare our hearts. Uh, and, um, and then in anticipation of the word, uh, we'll continue our worship that way. So stand with, with me, would you? I don't know. That was the drum shot. means we're ready to go. It's the prayer of our hearts. It's the prayer of our hearts. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. nice to be together. Sense the Lord's presence. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your influence in the ministry that you're providing here. I'm now in my 31st year of full-time itinerant evangelistic preaching ministry. And I think it would be totally accurate for me to say at least once or more every year I've been on the road I've bumped into Nazarene Bible College graduates coast to coast and you don't see the full blossoming of what you're doing here some names come to mind Pastor Dave McGarra Salem First Church of the Nazarene Nazarene Bible College graduate Harold Bremer Doris California and the Grimes, most recently down in South Carolina, now relocated in planting a church up in Ohio. And um, the list is endless. I meet them in a zone indoor camp meeting, holiness crusade, district camp meeting, local church revival. But I just got to tell you, thank you. When you're doing what you do, and your head's down at the desk, and you got the handle what's in front of you and the agenda for the day, perhaps your mind may not go to the far places and realize that 
what you do here? Has a long arm. And through your online program, it's reaching clear around the world. And I'm mighty proud to get to be with you. Anytime I come to Nazarene Bible College, it's always one of the highlights of my calendar year. It's just flat fun to be with quality folks like you. I want to pray for you. Father, you know every one of us in this chapel. You know our private needs and longings, the concerns, the burdens that are on our minds these days. Thank you for the call and the commitment that anchors these folks to these responsibilities. And thank you for the privilege of calling time out for a few minutes and coming together and listening to your Holy Spirit. Please talk to our hearts now as we look to your word in Jesus' name. Well, I imagine you've been reading the papers and listening to the news. What's your favorite? Fox? CNN? MSNBC? ABC? CBS? I don't know. But it won't be 10 minutes into the broadcast until you find updated evidence that sure enough, we are living in a hurting nation and in a hurting world. Undoubtedly, there are dark clouds gathering on the horizon. And we don't know which way things are going to go, globally or nationally. We're living in a world with uh, nuclear concerns. What's Iran going to end up doing? And is Israel going to get in a tangle with them? It's been predicted. Iraq is still unfinished. Afghanistan's a major headache. Diplomatic challenges with China and North Korea. And now we have the catastrophe down in Haiti. Think about those localities for a while, and that's enough to give you a headache or a heartache. Nationally, we've got 10% unemployment at the minimum. Other places, it's worse. Uncontrolled national debt. In the news recently, there's a prediction of another terrorist attack on U.S. soil in the next three to six months. We still have the issue of AIDS and other sexually transmitted diseases plaguing our country. Alcoholism and drugs and a 50% divorce rate. And we've become numb to the immorality and violence that's on television and in the movies. I didn't mean to depress everybody. <laughs> but folks, that's the reality of what's going on outside of these walls. And for the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a occasional, subtle, unadmit unadmitted temptation to cave in under a sense of discouragement and depression and futility and hopelessness. But I've got some good news for you. God, through the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit, can use every one of us to be an influential change agent to sweeten the recipe of this hurting nation and of a hurting world. 
Peter had this on his mind. We'll be in several New Testament locations today. But to begin my ramblings, we'll be in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 10 and then continue. Peter writes the vision the Lord gave him about future days, looking even beyond the day's current date. 2 Peter 3.10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? And he abruptly, accurately, appropriately answers his own poignant question. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. How do you live a holy and godly life in this current global and national context? The answer is simple and poignant. Be filled with the Spirit. The Bible promises you and I the infilling of the Spirit. You and I need the infilling of the Spirit. And we'll find scripture that reminds us that we can be continually being filled with the Spirit. Jesus helps us. Back in John's Gospel, chapter 14, at verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and will be, what? In you. Who could debate the reality that here Jesus promises us the infilling of the Holy Spirit? He did it again in that often quoted, well-known Acts chapter 1 at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Who can debate the reality that in these two passages, there in John 14 and here in Acts 1, Jesus clearly promises us as believers the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But not only does the Bible promise us the infilling of the Spirit, we need the infilling of the Spirit for multiple reasons. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit to be bold and courageous when we're under pressure. There's a wonderful example of that in Acts 4. Peter had participated in the healing of a cripple fellow the day before. And those jealous Jewish leaders thought they'd call him in and grill him a little bit about that participation. And this is the same Peter who denied three times that he knew the Lord. But after the day of Pentecost, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, we find a different behavior. And this is his response to their hassle. Acts 4 verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He, Jesus, is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. 
How do you explain the difference between Peter's behavior the night of Jesus' trial when three times he denied he knew the Lord and daybreak was announced with a multicolored rooster hopping on top of a nearby rock wall and stretched out his neck and crowed out the indictment of Peter's triple denial? How do you explain the difference between that night and what's going on here? It's right there. Then Peter, comma, filled with the Holy Spirit, comma, and when I looked that up in the fat books of the smart boys, right, you know what I found out? The tone and flavor is, then Peter having freshly and recently been filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, there are some dark clouds gathering on the horizon of our nation and of our world, and we don't know which way it's going to go. How do you handle it? Be filled with the Spirit. What kind of people ought you to be? Live holy and godly lives. Realize this morning, freshly, dear friend, that the Bible promises us the infilling of the Spirit, and we need the infilling of the Spirit to be bold and courageous and not wimp out. We're under pressure in a context like Peter's. Not only that, we need the infilling of the Spirit to have the fruit of the Spirit grow and flourish and mature in our daily behavior. You're all familiar of Paul's list of nine attributes of the Spirit-filled life in Galatians 5, and verse 22. I'll review them briefly. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How about you? Any inconsistencies in the display of the fruit of the Spirit in your daily life? The answer for all of us is yes. How do I know? We're all human. I looked the whole crowd over. I don't see one extraterrestrial here. There's a couple I was wondering about. <laughs> But in our humanness, we don't function at 100% maxed out optimum perfection. But I've discovered in my own pilgrimage, I was saved when I was 11, now I'm 61. There is a correlation between appropriating fresh fillings of the Holy Spirit and keeping obedience updated avoid grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit and the natural day-by-day -day display of the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible promises you the infilling of the Spirit and you and I need the infilling of the Spirit to be bold and courageous when we're under pressure and to let the fruit of the Spirit grow and mature and flourish in our daily behavior. But not only do we need the Holy Spirit, the Bible promises we can be continually being filled with the Spirit. There's an unusual, unusual verse in Ephesians chapter 5 at verse 18. Ephesians 5.18 Paul says, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit. As I looked at that verse with two sentences sandwiched together side by side that at first look seemed to be totally unrelated. I was curious about it. I said, what in the world was don't be getting drunk on wine had to do right next door to be filled with the Spirit? Checked it out. 
And notice the vocabulary, the verb tense, and the sentence structure carries the intent and meaning. Instead of getting drunk on wine, get drunk on the Spirit. The same way that the alcoholic is overcome by liquor and its influence, you and I are to be overcome by the influence of the indwelling, sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. We have conveniently translated, be filled with the Spirit. But an inch by inch rendering of that sounds kind of awkward in English translation. Be continually being filled with the Spirit. Another reading I found said, be being filled with the Spirit. Spirit-filled living is not a one-time historical, once and for all acquisition. It's a relationship that we live in day by day. Dark clouds gathering on the horizon of our nation and of our world. Peter, with the enablement of the Holy Spirit, as though he had a set of prophetic binoculars, looked way out into the future and said, hey folks, before the whole deal wraps up, it's all going to go up in smoke. You know the house where you live? According to that one of these days, it's going to burn. You know the car you drove to church, or church in or schooled in today? It's going to burn too. For some of us, that would be a blessing. <laughs> you know the car you saw somebody else driving that you wish you were driving to chapel this morning? It's going to burn too. Peter says, before it's all over, it's all going to go up in smoke. What kind of people ought you to be? Live holy and godly lives. Well, how do you pull that off in this kind of world and nation? Be filled with the Spirit. And realize that the Bible promises us the infilling of the Spirit, and we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And according to what Paul writes here, we can be continually being filled with the Spirit. Have you ever gone out to your car on a cold winter morning and you put the key in the ignition and hit the switch and all you got was roar? That ever happened to you? And you hit the switch again? Roar. And you say, oh man. When that happens, it's a good sign it's time to get the battery charged. You ever been driving down the interstate? And you look down and you saw your gas gauge all empty? And your palms started to sweat? And you started looking for the next off-ramp, hoping to find a station? If you're married, did you have a mental war with your spouse? Why didn't he or she fill that up yesterday? And did you start to replay that predictable rationalization? And when it's on E, doesn't it mean you got three more gallons? Or is it three more days? When you're driving down an interstate and you see your gas gauge on empty, it's a good sign it's time to pull in and fill up. What am I telling you? The hour is too late and the cause is too great for God's people to go around with a battery run down and their tank on empty. And Paul says, be continually being filled with the Spirit. In the normal grind of daily responsibility, it's easy to become spiritually fatigued. And thank God for a chapel service like this where we can enjoy the refreshment of the Holy Spirit. Did you ever have your car die in the middle of the intersection? 
and the whole town was honking their horn behind you. That happened to me once. I almost got out of the car and went to the guy behind me and said, hey, buddy, I'll make a deal with you. You go start my car, and I'll be glad to honk your horn. <laughs> I didn't do it, but I sure enough thought about it. When that happens, it's a good sign you better pull into the garage and let the mechanic lift the hood, scope things out, and see what's going on. Inevitably, there'll be some opportunities for improvement, some corrections that need to be made. I'm wondering this morning if we could, in unison, drop our guard and relax our defenses, unplug our rationalizations and our paranoid thoughts about other folks' opinions and say, Lord, lift the hood on my heart and scope me out and show me where I need a tune-up on the inside. The Bible promises us the infilling of the Spirit. We need the infilling of the Spirit. According to Ephesians, we can be continually being filled with the Spirit. Hours too late and the cause is too great to go around with our battery run down and our tank on empty. I salute you, congratulate you, thank you, and admire you for your dedication and your commitment to this magnanimous cause. Thank God for the availability of his Holy Spirit to tune us up and keep us going. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to join us at the altar or at the front church for prayer time if you'd like to. Alan's going to help us with a song. Please stand. you to whom the Lord has spoken about a spiritual need, you have a wonderful opportunity to pause, to bow, to have a quiet, intimate, personal visit with the Lord. He's not here to hassle you or beat you up or criticize you or put you down. He's here to help you. He described himself as, I am gentle and humble. He didn't say I'm harsh and critical or negative and pessimistic. He's here to help you this morning, whatever your need may be. If you'd like to pray, you're sure welcome to come forward. Pure.